Hey, everyone. Welcome to Changemakers, a podcast about becoming an irresistible community. I'm Kelly Leppenholtz, and my ministry partner, Susan Aldridge, and I are exploring how we can change the culture in whatever community we are a part of to a culture of transformational love. If you're a small group leader, a ministry team leader, a church leader in any way, this podcast is for you. And it will make your small group, your team, your church, even your family, a more loving community. Last week in episode four, we talked to Daniel Miller a little bit more about the skill of uh, clarifying expectations and stop and to stop mind reading. And the takeaways from that episode are clear to me now. It is to talk to people instead of staying in our heads and making assumptions about their behavior or actions and to really verbalize things. Um, then they just don't have as much power and the ability to distract us from having a productive, healthy relationship. And the second takeaway from that episode for me was um, just a healthy rule of thumb. We made a list around our expectations that they are conscious, realistic, that we speak our expectations and that they are agreed upon. And that will lead us to more healthy relationships. Yeah. And in this episode, episode five, we have with us Daniel Miller again. Hey, Daniel. Hey, good to be here. Oh, great. It's great to have you. We're so glad to be talking to you again in this episode. We're going to be talking about exploring the iceberg. In Peter Scazzaro's work, he calls going deep into um, your emotions and your feelings. He calls that exploring the iceberg because we all, if if you've ever seen a picture of an iceberg, if you haven't, you should Google one right now. Google a picture of an iceberg. Um, About a tenth maybe 10% of that iceberg is floating above the water and then 90% of the iceberg is underwater. And so in Scazzaro's work, he's comparing our emotional life to an iceberg. We only show about 10% of what's going on inside of us. And a lot of us have become really, really good at that. We're really good at hiding the 90% of our iceberg and only showing a little bit of our emotions. And so um, there's so much value in exploring the iceberg. There is. And in today's language, we might have heard the term emotional intelligence. It's oh, yeah. Yeah. Huge. That was uh, made popular by Daniel Goleman. And I think, again, Jesus had a full sense of who he was. And mm-hmm. that's the value of exploring exactly who we are in our fullness, right. our full range of emotions. So if we're going to be like Jesus, if we're going to be disciples, then exploring the iceberg is part of that, exploring our emotions. And so there is a process for this because um, that is what all of all of this, all of Scazzaro's work gives us a process and a language, a rubric, as Mark said um, back in episode three, a rubric for how to do this, because we haven't been taught how to explore our emotions. I mean, I I never was. I I didn't. uh, My parents didn't. We didn't address it. I didn't have therapy. um, So I've never I didn't have any awareness of this. And so the process, I would say, um, it has to happen during your silence and stillness. Like the process that uh, Peter Scazzaro is offering is that every day or every couple of days after your silence and stillness, you would sit in the morning or whenever that is, the morning is the best time. And you would ask yourself some questions. How am I feeling today? Am I angry today? 
Am I sad today? What is that about? Am I anxious today? What is that about? And what am I glad about or, or thankful for? And so I remember doing that. I don't do it as a practice right now, um, but I want to. But I remember when we did this as a staff and I was sitting at our pastor's table and he was even saying, oh, wow, okay, I do feel some of these emotions. And so um, it can just be really helpful in knowing where you are um, so that you know how you're reacting or behaving in relationships. And so the questions that we want to ask today, and we're going to be talking to Daniel in just a moment. Um, but again, the process is ask yourself each day, what am I feeling angry about today? Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's lots of things. What am I sad? What am I anxious about? What am I glad or happy about? And then we're going to explore like how our families might have dealt with emotions, how we deal with emotions because of that. Um, and if there's a warning indicator for certain emotions. So this is really about self-awareness about our emotions. Like I have a warning sign. It's actually my body when I'm about to feel defensive. I can, my body feels a certain way. I can't even describe it. It's like a tightness in the chest and um, like a warmth that comes over me. I'm about to be defensive. And then I talk to myself. I say, self, you don't need to be defensive. Just seek to understand. So anyway, um, let's talk to Daniel. Let's talk to Daniel. And the the power and the value of exploring the iceberg, I just want to be very clear, is that it gives us the courage to follow God's unique plan for our life. So Jesus modeled um, this behavior. It enabled Jesus to break free from the expectations of his family, his friends, his followers, the religious culture, the, just the culture of the time he lived in. And because he was so clear on his unique plan, he was able to move forward. So let's just talk a little bit more as we get started, Daniel, about the person of Jesus as we read in Scripture. Scripture. And uh, my first question is just how how is Jesus portrayed in Scripture in relation to emotions and feelings? I don't know that Jesus gets the credit for being emotionally mm. intelligent that he probably should, just because that's not something we look at mm. with that lens through Scripture a lot of the time. But he has this range of human emotions. We get to see him. And one of my favorite passages is when he weeps. Mm. Shortest passage Mine's when in the he Bible, flips the right? table. I think flips that might say table. something he's about our anger. personalities. Yeah. So he's, he's sad. He's mm. angry. There are times that he laments. He teaches. He talks. He laughs. He sleeps. Mm. He makes... We don't get this a lot because it's kind of baked into what he says, but there are times when he's funny. He's humorous. Yeah. Like yeah. he's making jokes that they would have <laughs> laughed at. Um, and he just has this range of human emotions. He, I love... And if you watch The Chosen, how it humanizes Jesus and you can see him playing with kids and interacting mm -hmm. with all these different people and age groups. And he was incredibly emotionally intelligent. Yeah, he had a full range. He had, and, he, and he was aware of them. That's the other part of exploring the iceberg. Uh, the question is posed in Peter Scazzaro's um, material. How can you enter into someone else's world and have compassion for them and empathy if you've never actually entered into your own world and gone deep? Like deeply caring and loving others requires us to deeply know and love ourselves, mm -hmm. the mess and the chaos and the different backgrounds and the things that we all bring um, in our humanity. So um, thank you for sharing on that. Why do you think um, just becoming aware of our emotions 
is an important part of discipleship. So many have separated the two, emotional growth and spiritual growth, mm-hmm. and we're, we're on board with the concept Peter Scazzaro um, is driving forward with his book and his training that they are inseparable. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, this is the key question, I think. Yeah. What's the value in learning about our emotions and why is it a part of our discipleship? Well, emotions can steer us or we can steer our emotions. I think that's what it comes down to. And Mm. God wants us to have mastery over our emotions. We can't control our circumstances, but we can work on our response to the surroundings. So I think of discipleship, I mean, it's following Jesus, but it's really a journey of self-mastery, too, that you have these practices in your life, that you have moments of silence and stillness, like Kelly was talking about, that you're growing closer to the person of Jesus and in your personal faith walk. Um, But I think it's also that self-mastery of controlling the things that you can because there are so many things that you can't. Mm. So joy doesn't just become a passive feeling that you kind of get every once in a while, but it's an active choice that you can make all the time. That comes from self-mastery. And you have to kind of be self-contained despite your circumstances or your surroundings. So that's what the power of being able to steer your emotions can do. Yeah, and that question, Kelly, talked about the why. Just keep going, okay, I'm aware, now why? And deeper and deeper we go with that one question, why? Um, like Jesus uh, asked the Samaritan woman. He just kept going in this conversation um, in the book of John, just why? And got her to, again, you can do this and learn your own emotions, processing them with another person and going mm-hmm. deeper. So um, that's just a little application. Um, and one other quick way to learn what emotions are is to try to make a list without looking at a mm-hmm. book or Googling it. Just make a list of emotions. Yeah. Um, that was one of the first things that a, a counselor had me do. And I didn't know a lot of emotions. Mm. Like I would, I would start and I'd be like, is that an emotion? What? It, yeah. yeah. So oh. that's a really good way to just start. But we want to talk about some tough emotions and the tough emotions are anger, sadness, fear, um, anxiety. So how do you deal Daniel with those emotions, the tough ones, anger, sadness, fear, or how did your family deal with those bigger emotions? Yeah, they're, they're all the emotions in inside out, right? The ones that exist in Riley's head. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I, I, you know, I struggle a little bit to look back on my family, not because I had a bad family history or anything, but because I feel like my family really was pretty emotionally healthy. Mm-hmm. We talked about things and, and I, I haven't ever hmm. quite been able to put my finger on why. Um, but one of the things that we did that I think was just a great practice. And I don't think people would think about this for emotions is we sat down and had family dinner every night mm-hmm. and some nights with the conversation wasn't great, but a lot of nights somebody needed one. Uh, and some of the youngest of five boys, one of us needed to talk about something. Yeah. We, somebody broke up with their girlfriend or was failing a class mm. or struggling with a coworker or whatever it was. And that was the place where we did it. So my parents and I still, when I go home, we have sit down and have dinner. And my brothers, I think, have kept that up with their families too. Um, it's not every night, but probably four or five nights out of the week. But the other thing my parents do now that I love is they sit down and play cards every day in their retirement. <laughs> they play a game of gin and that's where they relate. Yeah. And 
talk about their emotions. There's lots more that's under the iceberg. You can't get under everything. But yeah. that was, at least in my family, the one thing that I'm like, that's definitely how we processed things together. Yeah. Well, that's good. We have family dinner, too, and I have two boys. Mm-hmm. But they don't share a whole lot. <laughs> a lot of nights they won't, but the consistency yeah. Yeah, yeah. and the habit the is part of the power. Yeah, yeah. and they're, cool. yeah, they're uh, absorbing it by watching maybe mm-hmm. you share or mm-hmm. your husband. Jeremy I share, share a lot. Um, but I mean, the value in surfacing some of this is not to just, you know, creep back into the past and blame and go down that Mm. path or that rabbit Mm -hmm. hole, but it is because these can sit on top of peace and creativity and love and the goodness that wants to just shine through in our lives, um, as we transform more into disciples. Um, so why do you think Daniel men struggle more with this? And, and I don't want to make that huge blanket statement, but some men, perhaps mm-hmm. may struggle yeah. more with this than women. Yeah. Well, I'll speak on behalf of every single man. <laughs> <You're just laughs> huge blanket statement. <laughs> uh, here's what I think. Men struggle with recognizing the power of emotions, but I think they are probably, and these are general rules, okay. better at harnessing them. Harnessing the emotions and using them like in their work. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I think women struggle more with harnessing the emotion, but recognize the power of them. So I Mic I don't drop. know if that's true, but I that's what I was thinking that's of your... reflecting on this, and mm-hmm. that's what I think this kind of the skill that men are better at than mm. women and women are better at than men. Not true for all of each. I think you can be emotionally intelligent as a man or a woman, but, um, that's what I think men struggle with recognizing the power of emotion. So they have it there, but they may not be able to name it, claim it, put it into practice in the way that they necessarily want. I think the harnessing that they have is Hmm. they're able to just channel the emotion without even recognizing it maybe or segment a little bit more. Let's do an example like Mm -hmm. anger. Like like I might just sit in my anger where like I would probably sit in my anger or or lash out, but uh, maybe a man would what? How would he harness it? Go and work harder at work or dive into a project yeah. because he's angry and he's com- that anger leads to competitiveness or results or is that what you mean? Yes. I think that's okay. exactly it. And, but I don't think that the man would necessarily even recognize that that's what's driving yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, we want to process those tough emotions hmm. in whatever way you find healthy. So to all the men out there, um, they're listening right now, Daniel, what steps could we take to just start exploring Feelings, our feelings. How can we explore our yeah. feelings? Any step. Mm, yes. Because men love to get touchy-feely. <laughs> <laughs> it's so healthy, though. Um, one of the best ways i found, you were saying it's hard to name the emotion. And this sounds like such a silly thing, but I was in a group recently where we did this. Go get an emotion wheel. You can just Google I, it. Yes, I've seen that emotion wheel. It's and incredible. Yeah, it's so helpful to be able to name what you're feeling and just track them. Uh, people do this. I've seen it done in bullet journals or mm-hmm. other places. Mm-hmm. Just what's your kind of overriding two or three emotions for the day? Mm-hmm. That's a great start. Um, it's good to think about what external causes might be affecting your feelings, your emotions at that time. Maybe you've got some stress at home or at work or wherever it is, but we can't divorce ourselves from the things surrounding us. So that's going to affect your emotions, even if we work at 
not being affected by our surroundings. And then the skill really is working on stepping, being able to step outside of yourself to manage your emotions. Like Kelly was talking about, you can feel when you get that defensiveness. Yeah that there's a bodily response. There is yes. a way that you can step outside of yourself. Yep. And I think that's the skill that we want. Mm. Yeah. And to notice them. Um, I also loved, I've heard Tom Corcoran say this and um, it's referenced in a lot of the material is to pray the Psalms and just get mm. right into like reprogramming all of our thinking in those moments of <clears throat> intense or tougher emotions. So thank you for sharing, Daniel. It's great to have you with us. Yeah. Thanks, thanks. Daniel. Hope you'll come back again another time. Um, Well, that's it for us today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for being change makers with us in changing our community into an irresistible one. We will see you next next time for episode six, where we'll be talking to Nicholas Amato about incarnational listening. Thanks again for being here today, and we'll see you soon. 